Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or listen on the Weekly Standard webpage. Today's episode is brought to you by Mac Weldon, which is appropriate since I'm wearing some of their stuff right now. It's June 1st, 2018. I'm Charlie Sykes. I was off yesterday because I actually needed to spend the whole day thinking through whether we would actually use the C word on uh, today's podcast, because this is where America is right now, right? I mean, these are the things we have to think about these days. So uh, we are going to get to the latest chapter of celebrities behaving badly, which is what, like uh, chapter 762,000 or something like that. We're going to talk about the NBA finals. Because I know that Rachel feels strongly about this. The latest economic news, trade wars, and the president's pardon palooza. And to sort out this blizzard of stupid, I am joined by J.V. Last and Rachel Larimore of the Weekly Standard. Thanks for joining me. Thank hey, you Charlie. for having me. I'm going to put a lot of pressure on you. Look, I, I know I put that harshly, that whole thing about uh, the blizzard of stupid. But, you know, I, I do feel this kind of righteous rant coming on here. I mean, this is the kind of week we've had. I mean, apparently we are going to go ahead with this summit about uh, denuclearization of Korea with the Koreans. But I'm guessing there were a lot more clicks on the summit between, and I'm not making this up, between the president of the United States and Kim Kardashian. I mean, am I right? I mean, haven't we like fallen into some sort of a crazy funhouse mirror where this this stuff is actually happening? You wanted a summit with a Kim. You <laughs> got guess, it. But not that Kim. <laughs> right? This <laughs> is... All right. We're going to get to some other. I, I, look, I, I know that uh, on the podcast that I was not on yesterday, they talked about the the president's uh, decision to pardon Dinesh D'Souza and uh, later to float the possibility that he is going to pardon um, the, I don't know, the intensely sleazy, corrupt former governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich, uh, and maybe even and maybe even Martha Stewart. And, and I so I know we, we've actually ad- addressed that. But I, I just I want to go back to this for, for just a moment. You know, the 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 way the president is throwing out these pardons like Skittles and, you know, two things about this. Number one, uh, well, actually three things. You know, n- number one is obviously he's sending a signal, you know, using his constitutional authority to send a signal to other people who might be witnesses in the Mueller probe, which is which is bad enough. He's clearly also using these uh, these pardons. As a form of retribution to get back at people he doesn't like, you know, for example, it was James Comey who was responsible for charging Martha Stewart for lying to the FBI. Um, it was, it, it, you know, it's other folks in the in the Justice Department that were responsible for uh, the prosecution of. Well, it was you know, Pete uh, Preet uh, Barrara. Is, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes. Preet Barrara, yes. um, who uh, prosecuted uh, Dinesh D'Souza, and of course Blago was actually on the celebrity apprentice. So apparently if you're a celebrity or if you're a sleazy crony buddy of the president of the United States, uh, he, he might actually pardon you. And and I know that people are saying things like, well, you know, it's within his constitutional power. But I mean, I mean, people here, do we understand what is going on? And I'm sorry, I, my, my rant here, I, I did warn you about this. Dinesh D'Souza, uh, you know, as somebody that I have followed for 20 or 30 years, you want to trace the decline and fall of conservative thought leadership. You could you could actually do a whole book on Dinesh D'Souza going from a serious conservative thinker slash writer to basically being a troll, a troll hack. And, you know, as a couple of people pointed out, 
Trump the day after the Roseanne thing, Rose, Roseanne blowing herself up with her racist comment, he pardons a guy who who said that Obama, I said you know, about Barack Obama, you can take the boy out of the ghetto, ridiculed Michelle Obama's affirmative action Princeton student, said slavery was, wasn't racist because slaves were treated pretty well, mocks Rosa Parks. In just the last year, he suggested the Charlottesville rally was staged shared a meme calling Obama a quote-unquote gay Muslim, started a, conser- a conspiracy theory about the Vegas shooting, and it suggested that, well, you know, Adolf Hitler was not anti-gay. So just in terms of the president's taste and the people he surrounds himself with, there is something about this presidency which keeps coming back, the way in which he constantly seems to surround himself and celebrate uh, with some of the, just the worst people around and it's just i want to pound my head on the desk so feel feel free to weigh in on my righteous rant which is almost over i didn't i didn't want to step on it i I know (laughs) i thought you were just gonna keep going i don't know do you rach do you want this or do you want me to to jump on it um you know i i just listening to charlie recite all of dinesh's um you know hot takes and i'm just reminded of how we're still kind of living in Breitbart's world with Trump or Gateway Pundit's world. Um, and so he thinks this is a matter of quality discourse. Well, that's, that's, all that's, can... that's right. Well, there's this, there's this massive vortex that seems to have drawn certain people on the right. And I'm sure there's something parallel on the left. We're going to get to Samantha B in a moment where you know, it, it, it's not enough to simply have an intelligent and thoughtful take on things, that you have to become more and more extreme. And whether it was uh, his conviction for, you know, blatant conviction for, you know, campaign finance violation, which he's been playing the martyr card for, or whatever, D- D- Dinesh D'Souza, um, and again, remember back in the 80s, I mean, he was he was pretty main mainstream in terms of the conservative movement has just been drawn further and further into this. Uh, the fever swamps of conspiracy theories, um, so just some of the you know, I, I don't know how many times over the last year I've tweeted out something like just when you thought Dinesh D'Souza could not descend any lower, uh, you know, going in and defending Roy Moore, mocking the students from Florida, et cetera, et cetera, et, et cetera. And yet he's the guy of all of the folks in America who might have been the victims of injustice. The president of the United States picks out this guy, this troll, not to mention the signal he's sending about uh, Blagojevich. And, and what I find fascinating is all the people who voted for uh, Donald Trump because he was going to drain the swamp. And really, he's in the process of kind of redefining what political corruption is, because if 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 Blago did nothing more than what every other politician did. Wow, that's a hell of a commentary on American politics. Um, anybody want to, like you know, defend the, the, the president, all of these pardons, because my guess is. That we're about to see the dam break on all of this, so that at the point when he begins pardoning members of his inner circle um, or, or members of his family, it's going to be kind of a, well, same old, same old, you know, another day, another pardon from the president, and we completely normalize that. So Blago and Martha Stewart have not been pardoned yet, right? He just sort of dangled no. that out there. And my guess is right. that at least on the Martha Stewart one, he'll take it back. This is classic Trump, right? He wants to have it both ways. And so he stokes the outrage by suggesting he might do something and then he'll then 
you know, go and not do it, uh, which is, <laughs> I'd say, runs counter to accepted political practice for the last 50 years in America. Um, you know, I, I would say in defense of who Dinesh was, um, not who he is now, he was more than just a mainstream conservative. I mean, he really was one yeah. of the bright stars of the intellectual conservatism. Uh, his first book uh, is a a very good and very serious book, like a, a really good and really serious book. It, I, uh, illiberal education. Yeah, yeah, okay. and yes. I, uh, you know, and more than that, he was a really good humored and interesting guy. He came to speak on my college campus once uh, when I was in in undergrad. Uh, I actually spent like two hours in the back of his Jaguar with him, trying to help him get out of uh, Baltimore after this thing and he was just you know he's a great guy and who i say this not because he was nice to me although he was nice to me but because after he did his talk he spent like two hours just sitting there talking to any and every undergrad who came up and wanted to talk to him uh, most of whom were liberal and wanted to challenge him but in total good faith and good guy and what is interesting to me is as you watch his progress is that dinesh seems to have turned more more and more, I guess, out of the mainstream is right here, not in reaction to the left, but in reaction to the right. Uh, hmm. There there was something, I think his second and third books were poorly reviewed within the conservative press. And that seems to be what sort of spun him out. And when you say he's a troll, I think you're right in many ways on that. But it looks to me like more like he is trolling mainstream conservatism even than he is trolling the left. And what's interesting about this is that I think that actually tracks well with Trumpism, right? I mean, Trumpism, truth is, isn't actually about confronting the left or, you know, anything like that. It is it is about a civil war on the right. And Dinesh fits in with that pattern as well. Um, and as for the, the Blago and Martha Stewart, so wasn't Blago also a contestant on The Apprentice? Yeah. That is another standard. If you have ever been on an episode of The Apprentice, you now have a green light to go rob a bank or something because at some point Donald Trump is going to take care of you. Uh, it's it it's amazing, right? And this is... I don't. This is in a week where we've got a pretty good jobs report where he's been handed the Samantha B thing. Like, there's one more. Ramesh Panuru has a, a very, very funny column up in Bloomberg this week where he said, you know, there are people who are suggesting that there, there are White House staffers who are out there to sabotage the president. And I think they're right. And he goes through and lists all of these things that have that have happened without saying it all. The, the joke, I'll spoil Ramesh's column, is that all of them have been done by the president himself in an attempt to sabotage his own administration. And this is just one more example of it. And you know what? Frankly, if, uh, if if it would scare me if I was a Democrat looking at 2018 because the president's approval ratings are pretty good. The generic ballot uh, has closed a little bit and it may open back up. But you just think if Donald Trump was a semi-normal, well-adjusted human being, how well his presidency could be going. Oh, he'd be in the 60s. Yeah. You prove it would have to be in the 60s. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, since we've been sort of uh, hinting at, I want to talk about the, the celebrities behaving badly. And this is the, this is the pattern that we're living in, uh, the pattern, the, it's almost like a spiral of incivility, where one day we have Roseanne blow herself up with the uh, clearly racist uh, meme, you know, comparing Valerie Jarrett to a, an ape. But of course, um, not content to leave these things alone, Samantha B comes out using the C word 
uh, in, uh, to, to describe Ivanka Trump, which, of course, the White House jumped all over. So let me ask you this, Rachel, because now, of course, we have to have the debate about double standards, hypocrisy. Uh, why does, uh, you know, why, why is Roseanne uh, set on fire and Samantha B still have a job? What's your take? Well, I think the, the fact that the, the state of the ongoing employment of Keith Olbermann for the last 20 years, um, <laughs> even before we get into Samantha B, um, is a sign that there is a double standard. Uh, the thing is, I, I don't care that much that there's a double standard because I still want ABC to have the right to come out and fire Roseanne when she does these things. Uh, I think part of the difference is you know, Roseanne was still reaching, what, 10 million people a week with that reboot of her show. If you look what goes on on the left, they have so backed themselves into a corner and into an echo chamber. I remember when, you know, I love The Daily Show, when Jon Stewart was hilarious and people of all stripes could tune in. And then over the years, that whole that whole crowd, which you know, went from being John Stewart to being John Oliver and Samantha B and Stephen Colbert. They're only talking to their own people. I mean, I, I've never watched a single episode of Samantha B. I watched one episode of John Oliver and Rolled My Eyes. Um, and so I think if the, if this double standard exists, it says way more about the left um, and their willingness to tolerate this snark and thinly disguised hate than it does about anybody else. Okay, so but is the C word equivalent using the c word to describe a woman is it equivalent to saying that valerie jarrett looks like a character from planet of the apes that is a a tough question because i'm not really bothered by language that much um the the imagery that comes to mind yes what what roseanne did put a, a horrible picture in the mind of everybody i hope or should have um i, I don't know I'm, i want to hear what jvl has to say about this well i mean let me admit first off that that I, uh for whatever reason the c word is the one word i just think that crosses all the lines of course the british have a completely different take on it. i don't know if you've ever seen the british version no it's not the british version of veep but it's by the same people it's called uh what is it in, in the, the loop, thick of right? it uh, is it in the loop uh, yeah, but the movie's yeah. in the loop. Oh, right. And, and then yeah. and then the TV series is the thick of it. And they they pop that word out occasionally. And I have to admit, that makes me wince. So, JV, you know, where, where are we at on, on the use of the C I word? I wish Should we that... were with the British. I Whenever I'm watching British comedy or British gangster movie and they throw it, I, I find it hysterical. I, I wish we were enlightened like our, like our British cousins were. <laughs> That said, on the specific that, that's question, that's the new of, definition of enlightenment, of, which is worse. <laughs> so, at least in a comedy, because I, I think again, I think you can use it. I'm a huge fan of profanity in comedy. Like one of the things I love about South Park is the creative use of profanity. Oh, yeah. I think you can, you you know, profanity can either be the easiest and laziest form of comedy, or like used for high comic art by by skillful practitioners, or, 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 or by or by lazy people who just can't be bothered to come up with something clever. Right, right. Uh, so I would say that this is both. The Samantha B thing is both less less bad and worse. It is less bad in that I think using the c word is is simply just not as offensive, not nearly as offensive as as saying. The, and and the Valerie Jarrett thing, by the way, with Roseanne, there 
there are times when people get accused of likening an African-American person to an ape where it really isn't fair. Like the, the Kevin Williamson thing mm-hmm. when Kevin was beaten up for this. Simply not fair. That isn't what he was doing. It is exactly what Roseanne was doing. <laughs> There was no subtlety there. There's no nuance like, oh, she didn't really mean. No, she meant it in the worst actual racist way possible. Uh, but on the other hand, the Samantha Bee thing was worse because she wasn't tweeting. Like, it wasn't just something she fired off. This was in a script, in a pre Like, you know, they had a writer's workshop to get that show together that week. A whole bunch of people signed off on it. And, and what's really bad about it is that you then listen and everybody in the audience applauds. Right, I mean, this is but, it, you know, but it's not funny. That's the other thing. It's, right, it's, it's but, that, just, but that's the thing. They're the not laughing. I had the same reaction to Michelle Wolf. Like, you notice okay, they didn't um, laugh; they applaud. This is—I forget who coined the term yeah. for this, but it's clapter. And this is what uh-huh. liberalism has become—a affirmative action for comedians. And where comedians who aren't funny anymore, all you have to do is be super woke and super liberal, and that's enough because you get clapter, you don't get laughter. And that's what I hate about all of this. I mean, the truth is, if you like actual comedy. Uh, there are very few places to go anymore to get it. I mean, Dave Chappelle still does comedy. Chris Rock still does yeah, comedy. Actually funny. You laugh right, at like, it. Where the point is to be funny. The point is yes, not to, to make political points or, or make arguments or to be activist or something. And I... Uh, to be honest, I mean, this is a lament that's been going on really since the Bush years, I think. Uh, the sooner we could wring all this political posturing out of our comedy, the better we will all be as a, as a society. Yeah, I, that's that that it's created a blind spot among those folks. I think you know just the that uh, that race to the the angriest, most vicious comment, and and of course you put this in a little bit of context, um, you know. And I'm not defending Ivanka, you know, uh, globally, but she was being attacked because she tweeted out a picture. It was tweet uh, tweeted right uh, a picture of her, you know, lovingly looking at her you know, young child, her, her, her toddler. It was a completely non-offensive picture. Now, of course, you know, in the context, how dare she show herself nurturing her child when the Trump administration is tearing children away from, from their parents at the border, which is kind of a reach to do this. But of course, that's what created this whole backlash that, uh, was, uh, un- uh, to say it's unfortunate, but it. It, was just, it was just dumb. I also th- think, though, that uh, Megyn Kelly did make an interesting point for the Trump administration uh, to be uh, the Trump White House uh, to be uh, expressing indignation and outrage over sexist slurs is uh, more than a little ironic. Uh, today's Daily Standard podcast is brought to you by Mac Weldon. And their mission is simple, to make sure that all of your basics and beyond are smartly designed and that shopping for them is easy and convenient. They started from scratch, and they end their way, and they engineered their very own fabric, making sure the design process was meticulous, so you can count on the fit being the same each and every time. The difference is in the details, and that's why they obsessed over every stitch and seam until they reached their definition of perfect. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping, and I think you're going to agree with that. So whether you want really comfortable underwear and I shouldn't, I probably too much information to describe what I'm actually wearing, but you know, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, um, and, and a lot, a lot of stuff that, that, you know, just your, your, your basic outfit and you will feel it. You'll feel the difference right away. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally anti antimicrobial, which means you're not going to smell as bad as you would normally. Um, in look, basically Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. So, 
Here's the special offer to listeners of The Daily Standard. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code STANDARD at checkout. That's MacWeldon.com. Use promo code STANDARD at checkout for 20% off. All right, uh, JV, you mentioned a little bit earlier that we got some uh, jobs numbers today that would suggest that the economy is still cooking along. We're at uh, 3.8% unemployment. Uh, The job creation numbers beat expectations. Stock market is still roaring. So can you explain why the administration is so intent on perhaps stepping on its own good economy by launching trade wars? Because they're good and easy to win. Charlie, yeah. I mean, look, the evidence is incontrovertible. We have a trade war uh, and the economy is doing well. And so clearly one of these has forced the other one to happen. And so if we just have more trade wars, the economy will be doing even better. Right. Isn't that the way this all works? It's all it's all causality. Don't worry about it. Uh, well, see, I don't know. Or is he owning the libs? Right. Maybe the answer is we're going to nationalize industries to own the libs or something. Uh, I don't know. It, uh, <laughs> Now, this may seem a it's amazing, obscure. isn't it? I don't know whether, Rachel, you, you saw this. The Trump administration is apparently developing plans to compel uh, the operators of the power grids to buy power from uh, economically failing coal plants or nuclear power plants, which would, of course, be, we use this word too much, unprecedented. Basically, the federal government commanding the the electric marketplace to buy certain kinds of, of, of products. And it's again one of these these moments where you go, you know, what is the guiding principle right now behind this administration? I mean, I I like the idea of deregulation, but just when you start to think, hey, this deregulation thing is pretty good, what do they do? They start coming up with new ideas for deregulation. Just when you think the tax cuts are doing pretty well, they come up with ideas to slap massive tariffs. Tariffs being taxes. So why 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 do we need a trade war right now, Rachel? I, I don't know. Is there something about Donald Trump where he really admires like Nicolas Maduro down in Venezuela and he's trying to figure out how to make that happen? Uh, I'm you went I'm there. baffled. Wow. I did. Well, Sorry. Well, this is the one thing that's been you know passionate. You know, uh, you know, I've I've accused the president of lacking fixed principles on occasion, but uh, uh, that would certainly be unfair in this context because one of his fixed principles is he loves tariffs. He's believed in tariffs. And even if they don't make any sense in the context, um, the, the context of of the marketplace or the context of the economy, apparently that's his fixed idea, right? I mean, isn't that it? He's sort of like, if I become president, we're just going to slap tariffs on whatever that means. I mean, I, I honestly wonder if this has something to do in relation to him being a real estate developer because he spent, you know, his whole career only being able to make money when he wasn't going bankrupt. Because he was able to get concessions from the government. I mean, you know, what he does is what he, sorry, um, the way he came to into all of his millions was localized protectionism, where he, you know, made local governments force him or you know allow him to have a sweet gig. I don't think I've ever heard that phrase before. That's pretty good, localized protectionism, and that really is kind of his business model. Okay, we cannot end this podcast without talking about uh, the NBA finals, Um, and. your your take because you are in Rachel you are emotionally invested in in these in these finals. I'm now I'm going to confess that I did not watch the game, so I don't share the, the the clear you know emotionalism that I'm seeing on Twitter from some folks. 
Well, I, I'm glad you left this for the end because I think I finally calmed down enough uh, 12 hours later to be able to think about it. Um, I I have ve- I have very sharp memories of the 2016 NBA Finals when uh, Steph Curry's wife, Aisha, tweeted out a rant about the officiating. So I hate to go there. But what happened last night with 36 seconds left in game one of the NBA Finals might have been the worst call I've ever seen um for people who haven't been subjected to it on replay or on twitter all morning lebron james stepped in front of kevin durant stood there for what felt like five seconds um durant charged the lane they called a charge uh, and then they went to as every play of significance happens in every sport these days they went to replay to look at whether lebron was in what's called the restricted zone um he was several feet from the restricted zone so they really had no grounds to go to replay but they did instead they called a block on lebron and gave kevin durant two free throws and uh the warriors went on to win there were a few other mistakes along the way that i'm still coming to grips with but i mean what happened was just inexcusable and I don't even know how to process it yet, really. So you're you're saying that it was rigged? I don't it think was, it was. I don't think it was rigged. I think it was just massive incompetence without any regard for the consequences. This does seem to be a recurring theme, though. That the that NBA officiating seems to be more of an art form than a science. And the. the the charge versus block is one of the more subjective calls in the game, but it was very clear that it was a charge. Now, JB, maybe you could help me with this. When did the word goat actually, what was, what was the historic moment when the word goat went from being the guy that screwed up and lost the game for you to being the greatest of all time. And so when you say, because I've, I actually had a, I have to admit, this is, this is a dating thing, you know, a couple of years ago when I started seeing the goat thing, it was a, okay, wait, what do you mean? LeBron James is the goat. Did he miss the final shot? Did he blow it? Um, why are you calling him a goat if he wins it? So when did this transition, how did we go from the, the worst pejorative in sports to the greatest of all time? Bill Simmons. So Bill Simmons started using the abbreviation in his column years ago, and it just finally caught on. Right? Am I right about this, Rachel? Yeah, but he's patient yeah. zero in turning it from greatest of all time into just an abbreviation because, you know, like Bill was writing 20,000-word columns three times a week, and he needed to save space by economizing on greatest of all time to goat because he didn't want to push those extra four words into those things. I kid because I love. I'm, I'm a big Bill Simmons fan. That That's probably it, uh, right? So, I mean, there, there's 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 probably a very simple explanation. That sounds plausible to me. So, so you're telling me that you don't think the NBA is rigged, Rachel? Because I got news for you. Uh, the NBA is rigged. It is like the WWE, and it's been like this for forever since the frozen envelope with the Patrick Ewing draft uh, all the way through. It was, It's always rigged. I, this is what the NBA I is. Have, I have long been on the record as suspecting that, yes, the year, speaking of LeBron, the 2003 draft lottery, I can't imagine. I can't remember what exact percentage chance the Cavs had of winning that draft lottery, but it was not significant, and they did, and they got... LeBron, who was, of course, from Akron, which is practically Cleveland. And yes, yeah, so th- there is maybe has been some rigging. But I mean, that's just to say that that like charge block call was rigged is bad because I mean, the fallout today has been 
really bad for the NBA. So they brought a lot on themselves just to be able to, they, they brought a lot of bad publicity on themselves in theory to be able to have a six game series rather than a five game series. I don't know. So who See, the, 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 the complaint that I've seen is that there are different rules for different players, that superstars get different kinds of calls. So, so here you have the, the, what the irresistible force meets the immovable object. You have, you know, Steph Curry versus LeBron James. Who's going to get the call? Yeah. So you I mean, think maybe is, they, in the back of their mind, they were thinking about the Steph Curry thing from a year ago? Well, this is Kevin Durant versus LeBron James. Oh, I'm, but, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. No, that's even more telling because, I mean, I think everyone pretty much agrees that LeBron and Kevin Durant are the top two players in the world. So whose turn is it? But there's also a sentiment from LeBron haters that he gets all the calls, which he doesn't. Um, and so if nothing else, I hope this puts that to rest. Yeah, see, this is why I should never talk about the NBA since I since I obviously didn't watch the game and get the names of the players wrong. You know, that this okay. would be like if we were talking about the Mueller investigation and I got the name of the attorney general wrong. You see, now that would be not survival. Let me, let me tell you this: this series is going to go seven games, no matter what the no matter what the NBA has to do to make sure it gets to seven, because this is this is what the league does. Do you remember Rachel? Who is the there was a former NBA ref who wrote a tell-all book. This is like 10 years ago, which he was basically like, Oh, that's right. He was like, that's right. yeah, actually, we fix all of the games. <laughs> like, you know, we know the score. We know what the league wants. We make sure that we influence the outcomes in subtle ways. Uh, so one, one quibble with you, JBL, though, on this idea that so if the NBA does want the series to go to seven games, then by all means, they should have helped the Cavs win last night because the Cavs are ridiculous underdogs in Vegas. And the Cavs were up by two at that point. So there was 36 seconds to go. You call the charge. You give LeBron the ball back. He's going to go down. He's going to score two or three points. The Cavs will be up by four or five with less than a half minute to go. And he's not going to blow that. So... Yeah, there's no reason to help the Warriors. They already have four of the best players in the league. They're, so. The NBA is like Trump. They know they have to stoke controversy and get people watching and sort of, you know, they got to break through the noise. I I have total confidence. Honestly, you know, like the Mission Impossible movies, everybody is always wearing an earpiece that's so invisible that they can communicate with that without anybody knowing that they have a, a piece in their ear. Like This is how all this is real technology and the NBA invented it. 20 years ago and so like every ref in an important nba game ever since has new york on their earpiece telling them all right that's a charge that's a this one's a block we cannot end today's daily standard podcast without acknowledging the significance of today uh june 1st uh, 2018 i don't know whether you've already celebrated it but it is in fact national donut day I don't know why it's National Donut Day, but it is definitely National Donut Day. And, of course, uh, this is our annual debate about uh, whether donut holes have, in fact, gotten smaller. And uh, if you look at uh, the donuts through the years, there, there's no question about it that the uh, that the donuts from the 20s uh, appeared to be uh, much larger with, with larger holes. Um, now the holes are smaller. I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it is, in fact, National Donut Day. So if you're hearing this... Uh, and you're still in the market for donuts, that would be appropriate. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, Rachel and JV. I appreciate it and uh, for putting up with my uh, my rant at the beginning. Um, and thank you for listening to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Charlie Sykes. We'll be back on Monday and do this all over again. <laughs>